Blog Talk Radio. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in 3, 2, 1. The Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Your watchman on the wall. Bringing you into the knowledge only found as you pursue the truth. So set back and enter the zone of Bible prophecy and find the hope that every Christian should have. Find out what is going to happen in the year 2012 and beyond. The Middle East, the mark of the beast, the European superstate, Russia, China, Syria, and more. So set back and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible and be prepared to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Hello, hello, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. Today we're going to be talking about hell and how we are as a church uh, putting that message out to the world of eternal lake of fire. Hello, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. Phil Armstrong. is your host today. That's me, moi. <laughs> um, so, I haven't done a show in a while, so I want to just first of all come on and just quickly update on uh, Bible prophecy. This world is uh, aiming towards the second coming of Jesus Christ. And um, there are some very important important um, I hope y'all can hear me. There are some very important things happening in the world, especially with Ukraine and Russia. And I'm going to do a show on Wednesday uh, detailing Bible prophecy and um, what's going on in the world that is pointing us to the second coming of Jesus Christ uh, in the rapture of the church. So uh, today I want to first of all say, and ask a hypothetical actually I want to ask a question. Why did you come to Jesus? If you're watching this show and you are a born again Christian, what was the main reason why you came to Jesus? And don't lie. Do not exaggerate. Do not make this uh question a fluffy question to answer a fluffy and I'm not trying to be mean or nothing, but the reason why I say that is because the devil who is the enemy of the church is making it very hard for people to speak the truth. And what he does is he shames people. He shames you into a corner where the masses believe the lie from Satan. For instance, Satan will say, you should not scare anybody into the kingdom of God. And I asked the question, I beg to answer the question, ask the question, what do you mean by scare people or, or or make, you know, bring on fear to uh, make people get saved? You can't make people get saved, first of all. You can't make people come to Jesus, first of all. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what the Bible says, the fear of God. If you don't fear God, then 
Why should you get saved? Well, no, let, let's say this too. Why did Jesus come to die on the cross? Did Jesus come to die on the cross for your sins and take the penalty of your sins? Or did he come to die on the cross for something else? The main reason why Jesus Christ came to die on the cross. Because a lot of people would have you think that Jesus came to die on the cross for your best life now. He came to die on the cross for for you to be blessed. He came to die on the cross for you to be happy in life and be joyful. But the real reason Jesus Christ came to die on the cross is because of your sins. And he came to die on the cross to take your sins away. And he came to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins on the cross. So when people take hell away, um, you know, I was watching this guy, I think it's Amazing Facts. I won't mention his name because I don't know his name. He's from Amazing Facts. It's a, uh, you can look that up on uh, <coughs> YouTube and I'm pretty sure every other social media. And you can ask yourself a question. Uh, this guy believes in uh, – I don't know if you guys are familiar with annihilation. Annihilation means that when you die, you annihilate it. You know, you blow up, and that's it. You know, there is no eternal fire. There is no um, punishment forever and ever in the lake of fire. There is none of that. Um, he, you know, Satan wants you to believe that if you tell people about hell, you know, he wants, you know, he, 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 his main mission is to have the church, the pastors in the church to leave our hell. You just come get saved. I know you're a sinner. Jesus is here to help you. He is here to make you feel better about yourself as you do the sin or as he's here to help you with the sin. Never, they never, well, I can't say all pastors, but they never say Jesus is going to take the sin away. They just say he's going to help you. He's going to help you do what? He's going to help you feel happy as you sin. He's going to help make you feel happy until you get ready to go to hell. I mean, what? I mean, what's what? Okay, so that you got factions in the church out there saying that there is no hell, and death is is annihilation, and um, he really didn't mean Gehenna because Gehenna means the trash dump on the side of Jerusalem. And dead bodies, used, I mean, well, not dead bodies. Though. They used to put their trash in the Gahanna. They used to put their trash in a, in a dump next to Jerusalem, I guess. And when Jesus mentions the word Gahanna, or when the Bible mentions Gahanna, I think I'm saying it right. When he mentions Gahanna, it means trash dump. And so they, they compare I heard this guy from Amazing Facts. He compares it to um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, you can visit Sodom and Gomorrah now, and it's eternally gone. No, it's not. Sodom and Gomorrah is gone. It's not there. You can not You can visit the site, but the city is not there. And what does that have to do with the lake of fire? What does that have to do with hell? So I think what happens is they get the word hell, death, mixed up. And they think, just because the Bible says death, then they can go fool their listeners into believing that there is no hell by just saying death is death by going to sleep. 
So Jesus came to die on the cross for you to just go to sleep for a trillion years. So in other words, as you as you live your life here, and you do, and, and now let's say, not you particularly, the listener, somebody kills somebody, kills the whole family with a gun. So all he's going to do is go to sleep after he dies. Wow. So is there a hell for the wicked? That's the title of the show. Is there a hell for the wicked? The Bible says that hell is enlarged itself. Why? Is it larger? Why would I care if it enlarged itself for the demons? I'm a clap. Yay, it enlarged itself for the demons. I'm glad it enlarged itself for the demons. But the Bible says hell is enlarged itself. Okay? Um, and Luke 16, 19, talks about, it says, it says I'm going to go ahead and read it. it says, there was a certain man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and feared sumptuously every day. Feared, feared, I said feared, feared, feared every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. That's why I believe every time when somebody dies, they're carried by an angel. I don't know if they care about the demons, but I know they care about an angel, the hell or whatever, or heaven or wherever they're going to go. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes in torment, okay, and seeth Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in these flames. Now, this rich ruler is supposed to be dead. You know, you you have a ceremony for him. He's laying in the casket or whatever he's laying in on the bed. Everybody's crying and, oh, you know, weeping. And this guy's body is there, but he's, you know, he's he's in hell. So Jesus made this story, <coughs> or made this, and I don't know, I think it's probably real. I mean, I think it's a real thing. But even if it's a parable, Jesus is still trying to make a point. And when you spend most of your time dividing the gospel, you call it, um, you know, we rightly divide. Well, that's not rightly dividing. You're saying you're you're up here. You you cut Jesus out, and you say, "Well, we're supposed to listen to Paul. We're supposed to listen to Silas, or we're supposed to listen to Apollos, or we're supposed to listen to you know Peter or James or John. We're supposed to listen to all of them. All of them was led by the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus uh, talks about he talks about hell more than he talks about heaven." Because he doesn't want anybody to go. The Bible says, I wish Jesus, God, missed that no man should perish. Perish does not mean you get blown up or you go to sleep. Perish, that's not even a good word for going to sleep. Annihilation. Yeah, okay, I was born February 18, 1969. If you want to bring me a Christmas gift or a, birth, or excuse me, a birthday gift, go for, go for it. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. But um, I was born that day, and I wasn't here before that day. And if you go nine months 
before, during my conception, I definitely wasn't here during that day. You know, after, before, you know, 1968, I wasn't here. I wasn't even in my mom's womb. And so you can go back to Adam and Eve. Go, so go all the way back to Adam and Eve and and pick it, you know, and you would understand that I was not here before 1969. So if I go back to sleep, if I go to sleep when I die, that that is that that is where you go to somebody's funeral. And they say rest in peace. Yeah, you see it on Facebook with some one of famous actors, a singer, a sports person dies, and they say rest in peace. A politician, rest in peace. That's a true statement. If you're gonna just go back to sleep, wow, that that's what a deal. I think, and in this case, in this case, I'm being sarcastic. In this case, then. If I die and I'm crying to my family, I don't want to die. It's because I think I'm scared I'm gonna miss something. Nobody wants to die. I'm just making a. I guess you shouldn't make a joke of it, but I'm just saying you scared you're gonna miss something. You know how like a three year old scared to go to sleep because they're scared they're gonna miss something. Ah, that's the only reason why. But God has put eternity in our in our hearts. He's put eternity in our souls. So eternity is already written on our hearts. So guess what? You know you're going to die. Your soul might know, but your conscious don't know. Your your first brain don't know. Your con- your subconscious knows. Your spirit knows. Your soul knows you're going to die and go to he- heaven or hell. It knows that. That's what God means. I've written eternity on your heart. So if we're sitting up here and we're thinking that there's no hell, then... Why would I fear God? And if there is no hell, it takes the teeth out of Christianity. No wonder why churches are closing down. No wonder why people are leaving God in droves. Because men have taken hell out of the out of the loop. I mean, why would you fear God? Why would you fear God after that? That he can kill you today? That's not why you fear God. You fear God because he can send you. Jesus said, he said, uh, <clears throat> fear not him who can cast, who can kill just the body. Fear him who can kill both body and soul and throw it into hell. And then people are out there shaming you for the message. Shaming you because you say you're going to go to hell. They, you know, we live in a society of offense. Jesus said that there should be many offense in the last days. But society has catered to people's feelings. Emotions and feelings have become very important. You hurt my feelings. We can't come out and tell people there is hell. We can't come out and tell them Jesus is going to come back for his church. Oh, that's escapism. Oh, that's that's a form of you're going to escape? You think you're going to escape this? Take it like a man. Take it like a grown-up. Go through the tribulation period. It's good for you. But it'd be the very same people saying we can't be saved by works. I'm telling you right now, if you're in the tribulation period and you're trying to gain your salvation, that's works. There is no rapture. We, you got to go through the tribulation period just like everybody else. Why? 
What differentiates? Did I say that right? What differentiates me between a, a person that's not sad then? What benefit am I getting? You say you just for you just go to the God because He can keep you out of hell. Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't. Come on, man. You gonna go to God so you can have a cow light or a new house or a new job or get blessed? Really? You know what? You know what the devil did to Adam and Eve? He tricked them. You know what's even worse? You know what the devil tried to do to Jesus? He offered him the kingdoms of this world. So the devil is going to offer you the kingdoms of this world by saying, oh, God is here to bless you. He's posing as God. He's an angel of light. He's going to come to you and make it look like godliness, rich, getting rich or gaining money or gaining a new job or gaining a new house or gaining a new car is godliness because God favors you. So therefore, you're walking with God. I know this message is not liked. I know this message is not favored. People want to hear you talk about the rapture. Encourage me as I sin. Encourage me in my sin. There are YouTubers out there who have a good message. You know, they have a good message about Jesus Christ coming back. They try to sit up and figure out when Jesus Christ is coming back. Is he coming back on Purim? Is he coming back on, the, you know, on Passover? Is he coming back on... And then they'll have a, you know, long list of stuff. And then they talk to you about it. They talk to you about the numbers. In 1948, Israel became a nation, 6,000 years. And I love that. But when they sit up there and they tell you Jesus loves you so much that he doesn't care what you do. And once saved, always saved. You're always saved. You're never going to lose your salvation. Let me ask you a question. That's the case. And God, God is all-powerful. God didn't move. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't we have the responsibility? Don't we have a responsibility? Don't we have a responsibility to God to follow his commandments? Don't we have a responsibility to live for God? Don't we have a responsibility to give our lives to God? It says that if a man is willing to gain his life for his own sake, he'll lose it. If he's willing to lose his life for Jesus Christ's sake, he'll gain it. So how does that look? How does that look like when I'm always asking God for blessings? I'm always expecting blessings from God. I'm always expecting things from God. What about what God wants? I hear people say, well, you follow your goals and God's blessing you. What about God's goals? What about God's will? How do you, what do you think God wants us to do for him? Well, we're doing that, but we want things from God, too. Huh. So let's go back to the most important message. In my in my eyes, I'm, I'm, I'm personalizing it. In my own message, in my own belief, in my own belief system, if I didn't have to go to hell, I don't even know if I'll, like, if, if salvation came, and hell was just going to sleep. I don't even know if I'll be a Christian. I'm just being honest with you guys. Jesus uh, 
said in Matthew's, I'm sorry, in John 14, 6, in my father, John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me also. In my Father's house there are many mansions. Well, it's not so I want to told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. There where I am, you will be also. Now, why would I not believe Jesus Christ is going to come get me? Why would I want to go through the tribulation period? Unless I'm misreading Revelation. And I think it's going to be a part of a party. Maybe I get two lashings on the booty. And, oh, we're going to let you out of jail for good behavior. No, the Bible says that if this, this time was not cut short, no flesh would be saved. What do you think that means? After seven years, nobody would be alive that you see? I'm looking at two men right now make a fence right across from my street in a new house that they just built. Those guys aren't going to be here in the, at the end of the tribulation period, guaranteed. So he is willing to gain his life or take his life back. To me, that counts in the category of people who um, want their best life now. They want blessings from God. They want It's okay to want blessings from God. I'm not saying he doesn't bless people, but that's not the chief aim. He sent 72 disciples out to preach the, to preach the word and, and, and heal, you know, do things. And they came back and said, Master... We healed the sick, raised the dead, did this, did that. He says, okay, that's fine. But be blessed that your name is written in the book of life. Because they can go out and heal somebody, and now the person can see, but the, the, the person goes out and becomes a devil. What, what does that look like? I mean, you would rather just go ahead and be saved than to get healed and still go to hell. Wow. So I guess I'm getting frustrated. And one more thing before we go off. Okay, I, I know this is going to sound kind of, you know, weird that I'm saying this. But I, I, be listen, I listened to this, this guy, and he was trying to defend social justice. And he's using all these high-class words. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm not that bright. And he's um, quoting people outside the Bible, and he's trying to defend this thing. And, you know, it's a panel of Christian uh, preachers who are trying to define social justice. I got a, I got, I got a remedy for social justice. You want, you want to hear it? Here it goes. Love your neighbors yourself. And the church does not try to fix social justice. I'm not going to try to fix you from being racist. I'm not going to try to fix you from going out cheating on your husband. I'm not going to fix you for going out stealing off on your taxes. I'm going to preach the word, pray for you, and that's all I can do. So I guess the moral to the story is stop using sophisticated words to prove something, and, and you're lying at the, in, the, in the same time. Stop trying to use the Greek. I mean, yeah, you can still use the Greek. I'm just saying. But stop trying to use the Greek to figure out how to, to cancel out hell out of the Bible. Stop trying to use the Hebrew words. Stop trying to use this or that. What's on the surface? If I threw this Bible into a prison cell of prisoners, they're going to eat this Bible up. But if I throw some doggone literature in there and some, and some um, um, books that, you know, they can look things up, they're going to come up with their own, you know, commentaries 
from from old people. They're gonna come out come out with something different. So throw this Bible, throw a Bible into a, a into a uh, prison cell, and see what somebody gets on fire for God. But then throw some commentaries in there and some and some and some books outside of the Bible and see where they become deceived. Am I saying studying? It's a bad thing. No, I'm not saying studying, but if you don't have no foundation and you're studying, you're going to be all off. I, I mean, I'm sitting here, 2022, you know, I started looking into stuff 14, 15 years ago, actually 20, 25 years ago. And um, I see the apostasy that we're living in. Of course, there is no hell. There is no Jesus. The, the You know, the Trinity is, there's no such thing as the Trinity. Uh, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. I mean, you hear the same old arguments, and it's just sending people to hell. You hear these arguments. You got to argue about everything. We got to we got to defend the faith. Do you have any foundation? What's your foundation? Did Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins to keep prevent you from going to hell? That's not really a foundation. It's just the main reason why he came. The foundation is the foundation of Jesus Christ and the apostles. What they preached in the early days is still standing today. But the church has made something new, many things that are new. Galatians preach any other gospel but the one you have heard. You are cursed. So if you're preaching outside of the apostles and Jesus Christ's message, or you're trying to divide Jesus from Paul and Paul from James and James from John and John from Peter, you got an issue. The revelations, we don't even really read that in our church, but we got to give it a shot. And it's like <clears throat> they blaspheme blessing the book of Revelations by just being flippant. You can be flippant about the book of Revelations. Oh, yeah, we don't really believe. I mean, we just read it because, oh, man, we can't believe a dragon's going to come suck somebody up and blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they, they say things that just make me just like shake my head. Wait a minute. I use common sense. You know what the common sense I'm using? You say you shouldn't use common sense. You should use the Holy Spirit. I, you got to use your common sense sometimes. The Holy Spirit's going to use your common sense. Well, guess what? The book of Revelations is the end of the Bible. You don't think the end of the book is just as important as the beginning? Oh, I like Genesis. It makes me feel good. It makes I need hope. How in the heck Genesis is going to give you hope? If you read Genesis, it's just as worse as Revelation. <laughs> you got you got you got somebody selling their brother for into slavery for no money, for little money. I mean, you got people cheating on people. I mean, you got people killing people. You got people tricking people. Cain killed Abel. Are you serious? A whole generation smoked by water. Noah. A whole city destroyed. Lot. And you gonna tell me <clears throat> Genesis give you hope? <laughs> wow! Forgive me, I'm on my soapbox today. Forgive me, but you know, hell, hell is the most important. I mean, besides going to heaven and and being and walking with Jesus and and being saved to go to heaven, heaven is the only reason why I will get saved, and hell is the only reason why I will get born again. Sorry. What do you want me to say? Just to be happy or to be joyful? 
I mean, there are people who are not saying joyful and happy. What 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 benefit is? I mean, I'm joyful, happy all the time, but that's not why I came to Jesus. Don't let nobody shame you into wanting to escape the tribulation period, the rapture. Don't let nobody shame you into not fearing God, you know, or or, or fearing God. Don't let nobody shame you into believing that there is no hell, and you shouldn't tell you tell you people that there is no hell. This is me. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I could bring the Greek and the and the and the Hebrew meaning, and the today I'm not doing that. I'm just saying what silliness the church has. What's what what silliness the church has encountered in the last just three four years, let alone ten fifteen years twenty years. Okay. Well, thank you guys for. Uh, watching my show i'm just gonna jump on here and just do quick shows uh i'd like to come back and actually do a really study on hell because yeah well anyway god bless you guys so much y'all have a wonderful day and see y'all later